Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hello, hello, Delora. We are back, darling. How are you today? I am well, Ashley. How about yourself? I'm good. I have a question for you, though. Do mm-hmm. you experience um, road rage on these streets? I do not. I'll explain later. So I do, but there are limits to my road rage, right? Because I realize that people are fucking crazy. Okay. And I may cut somebody out in the convenience of my car, but never have I ever ran someone down, attempted to be excessive and like honking or anything like that. Because there's been a lot of incidents in these news. Mm. Not the news, in these news about people hopping out, trying to snatch people out their car, shooting people, all this type of crazy stuff. Absolutely. I will say this. I'm good for a horn. Absolutely. Especially Mm. if they're like doing something blatant. I have been known to lay it on thick. Like, what are you doing? Mm. (laughs) And then, but I never gave anybody the finger. And I don't look at, I don't take the time to look at anybody to have them curse. I, I usually don't have people cursing at me unless they're rational. Uh- <laughs> well, I'm be curious to see if you continue to lay on that horn after our recap today. Because, <laughs> guys, we alluded to this and not even alluded. We spoke about it at the end of our last episode that we are recapping hot, fresh via Netflix a series called Beef dropped April 6th, 10 half hourish episodes. Man, it was a literal ride. Uh, let me give you guys a quick summary. Two strangers get into a road rage incident that brings chaos into their lives. I had mentioned before that it is another A24 production. It was created by Lee Sung Jin. And let's get into this cast. Stars of this are Ali Wong, who I adore, as Amy. We talked about the fact that this is now a Stephen Yoon appreciation podcast because this is Absolutely. our second friend of his in the last two weeks. <laughs> and he is magnificently horrible as Danny. We have young Mazzino as Paul. It's fitting that the person who played Paul has this name. Let me just say that. Because <laughs> really? that, like, with the way that Paul was portrayed, Paul has such, like, a uh, cockiness to him in a certain sense that, mm-hmm. like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. David Chow as Isaac. Joseph Lee as George. Ashley Park, our girl Mindy from Emily in Love Paris. Her. Absolutely. As Naomi. Mia Serafino as Amy, 
Maria Bello as Jordan and Justin Min. Shout out to the Umbrella Academy as Edwin. That's a handsome man, by the way. Very. I was so happy to see him in this. He's so pretty. I was like, yeah. But there's a lot of good looking people in this cast, though. I give them that. So Paul was bringing the sexy. The the, the actor who played Paul was bringing the sexy for sure. Really? They gave him so many opportunities to take his shirt off. <laughs> like, But George is so tall and handsome. I'm just like, uh, but his personality George left was, a lot to be desired. George was problematic to me in certain ways that I want to get into with yes. his dynamic with Amy. So. Yep. Let's get into these reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, 99% critic score, 92% audience score, 97% of Google users gave us a thumbs up. So as of now, it is doing very, very well. Delora, what is your grade for beef? Well, Ashley, this series was something. (laughs) Something else. (laughs) The acting was phenomenal. It was an insane ride. And the concept of it was just like, I just, I absolutely adore the originality of it. I like to think of it as a juicy filet mignon. With that being said, I give this show a B. And the reason why it's a B and like not an A++ is I didn't know who the fuck I was rooting for. Everybody was quite flawed in their own ways. Toxic. Yeah, and I'm going to get to that at the very end because I want to know, the same as The Shade Room, who you felt the true villain of this series is. I'm going to get that at the very end of the recap. But that's a valid point. These characters were fucked up with no apologies. None. They lived in their truth, most of them. Most of them. I have to give this series an A-. minus. And I have to give it a minus because I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my first watch through of this series. I told you previously, I watched this very, very quickly. It sucked me in. But I think the minus is just because some parts are like painful, I guess. Some parts were difficult to like sit through or like examine And when you talk about everybody having flaws, so much of it, though, was relatability in their flaws that is almost like this is why everybody needs therapy, because we are all trying to overcome the shit that happened to us in childhood. And how that repeats itself, obviously, and how we process how we process the extremes of this of this series. Yes. Hopefully most of us don't go to these extremes. Exactly. Uh, I was thinking how we process our feelings and being able to have a larger toolbox (laughs) and coping. And recognize the error of our ways and not repeat the same behavior over and over and over again. Yes. Right. That's the hope. So A minus for me. Phenomenal cast, to your point, obsessed with the level of performance that we got from these folks because I was all in. I'm over here. I'm like, my blood pressure was rising in some scenes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, if y'all don't just leave each other alone. That and the level of disappointment when, you know, 
poor behaviors were repeated. And then revelations. When we get certain yes. revelations, oh, my yes. blood was boiling, baby. Yep. And we are going to get there. We're going to get there. All right, Lord, let's go ahead and get into the good, good before I start talking-ish. All right, episode one, we start with the road rage incident that, you know, causes all the chaos throughout the rest of the season. And that is between our main characters, Danny and Amy. Danny was backing up parking lot of a big box store, almost T-bones Amy. She honks aggressively, flips him off. But you know what? Danny is fed up. He's having a shitty day and he decides to pursue her. They ended up destroying a neighbor's lawn and he gets Amy's license plate. Side note, it is incredibly scary to think about how easy it is to track somebody down based off of their license plate. That and cameras are literally everywhere. Cameras are everywhere. You have these internets that spread information. Because next thing you know, y'all on the next door app, people trying to find out who y'all are. It was a lot. Yep. Yep. But let's talk about Amy and Danny, shall we? Amy is a wife. Amy is a mother. Amy is wealthy. She has a beautiful home gorgeous she's an entrepreneur attempting to sell her plant business for 10 million dollars to foresters ironically ironically (laughs) the store that the incident occurred at yep danny is living with his younger brother paul danny is also an entrepreneur with a contractor business but he's not it's not doing as well not doing well at all really he's not thriving at all (laughs) He borrows $20,000 from his shady-ass cousin Isaac, who's fresh out of jail, after Isaac had already been doing illegal activities that got Danny's parents' motel shuttered. And deported. Despite their different backgrounds, the major thing they share is they are both fucking miserable. Danny even attempts suicide with hibachi grills that he had purchased to start the episode give me your impressions of these two main characters my initial impression so what i will say about amy's character is don't let you know the prim and proper fool you you know was it shocking to find a petite woman driving aggressively you know, in this incident? Absolutely not. Because (laughs) usually it's a housewife situation, but there's, there's a lot of rage there. Very much built up rage that she had within her. And then for Steven, I did feel sorry for him because we didn't know him at this point, right? Like in the, in the initial incident, but as we got to know him, and you know understand what his goals were how he was family oriented how he wanted um to take care of his family and he had like this sense of obligation you understood the weight that was on his shoulders right just trying to make things ends meet so to speak so i will say i was more sympathetic towards steven initially in this series okay 
I thought it was interesting they chose to reveal him first, Danny first, and then Amy. Because it was mm-hmm. almost like they wanted us to either side with Danny first, to your point, yep. or just felt that it was going to be such a big reveal for the audience to understand that this was this little woman who, you know, he's getting into it with. Because I remember reading initially they were going to have it be a white man. Yep. Yeah. That he was getting into this with. And so maybe they thought it was just going to be so much more shocking who, you know, this situation was really going, going toe to toe with, with the road rage. I didn't Absolutely. feel, I didn't feel more sympathy for Danny at first, especially because in my opinion, Danny started this situation. Now, yes, he followed. Yeah. she honked aggressively. She flicked him off. But you do not chase people down in your car unless you are willing to lose your life, in my opinion. Like you about took that, that life. to such an extreme. About it, about it. He, you could have easily died that day. I know he was a pop, he was suicidal. So maybe that was supposed to show he was suicidal. Interesting. But sir, you took that really, really far. And he will continue to take it far because he tracks Amy down to her house using her license plate. And she's over here getting off using a gun because, again, Amy is an interesting human being. <laughs> I was speechless. I didn't know that was a thing, but it doesn't really, you know, nothing's new in the sun. So, I don't, hey. I can't say that I think that's a thing, but I thought it was interesting that her husband changed the code on her as if she was a child. <laughs> Come on, yes. you, know, you know why I changed the code to the same. Yep. Yep. Sir, I'm a grown ass woman. I like, Give me the code. <laughs> that's what I would say. Give me that code. Don't play with me. Their dynamic, even when she first came home, immediately annoyed me. Because when I get out the car and you you talking about I'm seeming riled up and stuff. And then your response is maybe we should go back to gratitude journals. Sir, what she needs is a rage room. She don't need no damn gratitude journal. Their dynamic was just such that I was like, does he understand internally what she's really going through? It's his optimism to such an extreme that it that he fails to recognize who who and how she really is i felt that immediately absolutely so what got to me when danny showed up at the house was that amy actually let him in would you let a random man off the street into your home just because they claim to be a contractor absolutely not especially you rich like what sense does that make and I hate to put it this way, but quote unquote contractor can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. And I'm like, unless you come referenced and have like a website or something I can lean on. No. And why are you looking at my house to even have noticed anything in the first place? What are you doing? Why are you out? How here? long have you been here? How many times have you passed by? You know what I mean? I wouldn't even answer the door for the mailman if he had on a uniform. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Let alone a random man knocking on my door talking about I'm a contractor and I saw something on your house. Crazy. (laughs) Danny uses this opportunity to snoop and realizes Amy was the one driving and he decides to pee all over her bathroom floor and carpet. Childish. Not sure. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) Quite childish. It was a lot of pee and it was really yellow. I'm like, <laughs> we need to look at your diet, sir. Well, clearly he eats a lot of Skittles in this series. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> because yes. <laughs> 
not sure about the nutrition. Um, drink more water, sir. Drink more water. (laughs) The feud obviously escalates in episode two now with Amy bombing Danny with bad online reviews for his business and dragging her husband George with her to try to track him down. Amy even creates a Finsta, for those who are not aware, that's a fake Instagram account, trying to get Danny, but she ends up entangled with his brother, Paul, instead. She also vandalizes his truck with sayings like, I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. And I'm I'm poor. poor. (laughs) Oh, awful. Whose side were you on in this episode with this whole chair situation? Should George have sold his father's chair to help Amy secure her deal? I think George had a right to not sell the chair unless they had spoken about it previously. Being ambushed by the billionaire of the, you know, box store you're trying to get in. I don't think that was fair. I think he could have played the game a little bit more though in like, oh yeah, let us consider it. You know what I mean? It means a lot to me, especially if he didn't feel ready to make a decision on the spot, but I think he reserved the right to not sell the best selling item from his father's artistry. I definitely think he could have finessed it his work, like the way that he went about it, he could have been like, you know, okay, well, I appreciate the interest, you know, I will have a conversation and, you know, get back to you given the stakes. But to your point, I don't think he owed this woman, particularly, let's be honest, this white woman who was trying to hijack their culture, who was very insensitive in a lot of portions of this show. Yes. And, you know, it, it felt more like, you know, we're, it felt more like they were just commodities to her and she's a billionaire. So probably everything and everyone is a commodity to her. Well, it's so funny. There's this saying that, you know, once you reach a certain level in terms of your wealth, you stop collecting things and start collecting people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And to your point, commodity. And so this is something that intrigued her and therefore she was trying to get her hands on any and everything. And it did not matter. $100,000. Imagine paying $100,000 for a chair. Wasn't even a substantial chair. Didn't even look comfortable. But because she had it, where is this big? Can that, I, get, I need a benefactor. <laughs> uh, girl, girl, listen. $100,000. Uh, <laughs> but then it's also disrespectful because I felt like she thought she can throw money on something that was priceless his father is no longer with us right so i don't need for you to be surprised that i don't want to let go of something that's so precious to his legacy Mm -hmm. well given the way that jordan is portrayed in this i totally understand her being so flippant about it and really thinking that she could put a price on anything and it wouldn't be a big deal and granted many people would have jumped at that opportunity and jumped at that number George just did not care about money to the extent that maybe a lot of people do. But to Amy's point, only people who have grown up with money think money is not important. Those are also facts. (laughs) George was hilarious in this scene, by the way. He was like, I don't fuck guns. (laughs) (laughs) It was so (laughs) self-righteous. But she turned him up. 
she told him it was vanilla and his offensive face was like vanilla he later said i can't even eat anything flavored vanilla after you said that to me first of all she could have been a lot worse with that and the fact that he was so offended by vanilla was like oh he's precious like oh my gosh how did she end up with him it's, it gives you a little bit of that sex life feeling, doesn't it? Where it's like oh, yes. unequally matched in terms of you. Com- compatibility, yeah. You found you a nice guy, knowing good and damn well, you're not a <laughs> nice girl. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I had asked about this whole situation between George and Amy because in the midst of all this feuding she's been doing with Danny, Amy's marriage is not doing well, given the comments, especially about their sex life, right? She and her husband decide to go to marriage counseling to start episode three. Meanwhile, Danny almost lit Amy's car on fire until he realized June was in the back seat. The baby was in the car. New low that sent him back to church after an invite from an ex. The scene where he breaks down crying at that service was powerful to me the first time I watched this through. He made me emotional. Yeah. What did you, you think felt, about this? Because I feel like in the midst of everyone's rage, specifically for Danny's character, you see the heart, at least up until this point, Again, everything he's doing up up until this point is to get his, you know, parents a home, to have his business successful for him and his brother. And yes, he has this weird thing with this rich lady, but he he definitely doesn't want to hurt a child in the midst of the shenanigans. And so, yeah, I felt that uh, moment in church as well. And can we say... Sh- I want to say, shout out the Korean church and their praise and worship music because those are bangers. Those are currently top <laughs> 10 hits on Christian radio today. So I was like, yes, Oceans, yes. In an article from the Los Angeles Times that I read uh, with the creator, the Korean church insertion was actually a bonding point between him and Stephen because they really both grew up in the Korean church. It's a big still yeah and, like, and they talked yeah. about their experiences a huge part of their culture yes. and the music as a whole of this series is a major point that i'm going to talk about once we get to the very end because yes, it was very yes, specific millennial. for a reason <laughs> and some of these song choices i loved this scene really touched me because i thought oh danny's really having a moment like he's realizing the error of his ways that this isn't worth it you know x yeah. y and z Because let's be honest, this was consuming them to the point where I was just like, there's no path forward for y'all if y'all don't let this stuff go. But it was like God said, visions is mine. So you don't have to worry about it. Please. (laughs) Unfortunately, it wasn't quite the spiritual breakthrough we thought it might have been, though, because Danny decides that he's going to help the church secure a loan for repairs, but he's really planning to use it for this home he's trying to build for his parents. Paul, while he's still been talking to Amy via Finsta, tracks Kayla, as she named herself, down at her store, forcing her to tell him the truth. But Paul was still interested. 
Meanwhile, her husband, George, was saving pictures of her employees' Instagram photos and masturbating to them. So much for marriage counseling, Galora. So I have some things to say. You know, when it comes to George in particular, I thought he could be gullible enough to just have a screen shot of the girl, right? Oh, like, you are no kind. No one believes the caption thing. But when you saw that, I was like, oh, this this G golly persona is intentional. I don't know what centered, sinister things lie beneath, but maybe I just give people too much credit. I, I, I... You're giving him a lot of grace. <laughs> when I tell you, I knew from the scene early on where Mia, Amy's employee, said that she felt that George was a genius. I said, oh, they're fucking straight out my mouth because we while know I was he's a straight it. idiot because we know his art is trash for one and for two why are you feeling this comfortable talking about my husband like this to me Ooh, like there it was too it was too comfortable it was just but she also is a wahite woman and not they... wahite <laughs> And they're always comfortable. Like, no, no, all the things. No, no, they not all comfortable. And she was too goddamn comfortable for me. So I was like, oh, George, <laughs> George, really? You screenshotting, bro? Oh, and you send it to me? You and accidentally you send, it send it to, to me. me. And this is the whole thing that I have about the dynamics between George and Amy. And Amy feels like George is a better person than her and all this and that. No, he's not. Mm. he's still a flawed human being just like you. it's just that you're so deep into your own shit mm. and you don't love yourself because let's be honest amy True. hates herself yes that she can't she can't hold him to task for his shit too right because she's so focused on that amy should have called him out immediately yep from the, I see you, I know she said something to him about, I see you liking my employees' Instagram photos, X, Y, and Z. That's a much bigger conversation than that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm glad you bring that up because that's the thing that really annoyed me um, about Amy, especially in the first half of the series, all that pent up anger and anxiety when it, when it came to her personal relationships as she was trying to get this quote unquote deal closed. I'm like, sis, if you can't be yourself, I don't, I mean, I, I could not empathize with her because I'm like, I could never be that bottled up. I would, my head would explode if I kept in all my emotions. But to your point, she didn't like herself. She didn't love herself. And so she, like, she didn't trust herself to feel her real feelings. And she therefore she think- kept them. She also didn't think people were going to stick around, I don't think, if she showed her true self. Exactly. And then when it comes to Paul still being down for the cause, knowing that Kayla was not Kayla. In fact, it was Mia. He wanted love. He wanted love and attention. And you know how young men are. You're still hot. Like... Is, it'll still get the job done. I think that's where he was. 
He was like, I've still, I've still fallen for you over these two days or however long they have been chatting on Instagram. (laughs) I'm still in love with you, girl. In episode four, we going to Vegas, baby. Amy has to go for work and Paul quote unquote borrows Danny's truck to go to. No bueno. Danny has some illegal ish in the truck and he and Isaac track Paul down. Did you like Amy's haircut? by the way, and what did you think about her conference speech given the realities that we know of her life? I did not enjoy her haircut in the dye. I mean, I I didn't mind the cut, but her dyeing it blonde, to me, it was like, oh, so you're really willing to do whatever it takes to close this deal. Got it. And when it came to her speech, her line through her teeth saying, you can have it all. I was like, Ooh, you know me, I'm a sucker for a good motivational moment. You know, any type of antidote. I'm like, are these people lying? Same thought. We are on the same page. I was like, how many of y'all are lying through y'all teeth to me? I'm using y'all as motivation and y'all over here, Amy's out here. But, you know, one could say, because they also know how to spin things. It's like, oh, it's the inspiration. It's the it's the goal, right, that we're all trying to achieve. Some of, of, some of us reach them and others don't. That's why I don't really believe in balance. But um, at that conference I attended, shout out to the Black Career Women Network, Instead of saying balance, look at your capacity, Mm. right? And, you know, looking at like a pie chart because, you know, I'm analytical. (laughs) The percentage, you know, look at the percentages of the things that matter in your life and just determine how large you want that slice of the pie to be, you Mm. know? That's some good advice. Danny and Isaac crash Amy's moment and get arrested as a result. Bad decisions, bad decisions, bad decisions. This is another one of those moments to me where Danny could have chosen to walk away. And you still leaned into it instead. Granted, Isaac was horrible influence. But you a grown man. Spiteful. The bad decisions continue in episode five with Danny becoming Zane to get close to Amy's husband, George, in a robbery plan while Isaac is under house arrest and quite pissed. Because, again, he was just out on out from jail. He was under, you know, still on parole. George's sincerity made Danny have second thoughts about wanting to rob them. And thankfully, George wasn't quite as goofy as Amy and didn't let Danny's accomplices in the house when they came by claiming to be plumbers. This moment between Danny and George in the studio made me realize like an overarching theme within this show and just in life in general is people are lonely. Yeah. People are really, really lonely. And most people are just seeking connection. Mm. But... One could also say that Amy and Danny are twin flames in that regard. They absolutely are. Each other, they see each other in a way where it's like when the weight of the world is on your shoulders, this is how you 
react and I see myself in you because we both are right there. Well, what sucks is, is, is that they don't see it, right? Like we get to see it. We see how similar they are in that capacity. I think had they recognized that sooner, they may have come to an understanding quicker. They see it in the shenanigans that they go through in that way. Like in their tit for tat, they're always trying to best each other. Now, to your point, we as the audience see the root, root cause of it. You know what I mean? But I'm saying what they see in each other is like, oh, we're willing to go tit for tat until one of us is no longer here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think death was on the table, but the hell uh... it wasn't, Delora. The hell it wasn't. <laughs> Guys, we not done. This is about to get even wilder. Okay. While George was telling Amy's employee Mia that he loves her. Amy has a um, sexual experience with Paul. (laughs) Was it an experience or experiences? (laughs) That young man has some stamina. I will say that. And it damn sure was not vanilla. It was far from it. And she was getting her entire life. Allie, that was her first major sex scene. And, uh, yes, it was. Good for you, girl. Good for you. She had me cracking up in one of the interviews. She said, yeah, we did it. And uh, we had Popeye's chicken in the trailer. Yeah, I think she said that. Was she on Kimmel? I think she said that on Kimmel. She was like, you know, it just killed the vibe real quick. <laughs> Especially because he has those abs too, right? Yeah. I said they had him take his shirt off every chance they could in this. It's too bad that the situation immediately turned sour. So quickly. And their conversation post-coitus. This is why I am not for the streets. Because, like, I would be... (laughs) (laughs) We just had all these moments. And you going to show your ass immediately? Immediately. I barely have my panties on. And you... Wow. Call me a bitch? Over money over trying to borrow some money you asked me if i experienced road rage and i told you no and that's because my theory scares me <laughs> in the sense of it's one of those things where it's like yeah i am happy go lucky i am pleasant to be with but it's very rare that i tap into my fury and when i do I don't enjoy it. And neither does anyone in my vicinity. <laughs> so so I say that to say, who knows? I would have absolutely seen red after doing all this. And you call me a bitch over money. <gasps> red, red. It was definitely really disappointing for me with Paul's character because up until now, like I had been giving Paul such a benefit of the doubt. Like he's young, he's not really gotten yep. a chance to like spread his wings and, yep. you know, so many things. But this is totally on you for, you know, your behavior after you just spent this time with this woman. You know what I'm saying? Like you still grown at this point. So that was super disappointing. In episode six, George's mom is recovering after falling down the steps, pursuing Isaac's goofy-ass friends who came back over still trying to rob 
George and Amy. She also saw that encounter that Amy had with Paul. Yep. This in this episode was interesting because I knew the mother-in-law was going to be a player, but she started showing her hand, so to speak, in this episode. I she was like, sure oh, did. She sure did. More complicated. She definitely had her thoughts and opinions, but you saw how things started to unfold that she was team Amy in terms of the dynamic and resources because that's one of the biggest reasons that I feel at least at this point that she kept her mouth shut because she wanted them resources really yeah because she was having financial difficulty yeah yeah but I to your point I was shocked what I will say is I don't know if I would have called her teen Amy but I really did think she was going to fight harder for her son um, and make you know in making Amy's life a living hell for this the the thing she has literally over her head but yeah no she team Amy bro she like I'm with the money <laughs> you know what's a fun fact about this series is the actor who plays George is an actual artist in real life like go to his Instagram his name is Joseph Lee He's a bona fide artist. So it's almost like a layer of hilarity that Mm -hmm. he is the son of an artist who wants to be an artist himself, but sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That is fun. That's Um, like playing. You have a really good singer who plays a bad singer. Absolutely. In something, knowing that they, who they really are. And then um, the art in front of, each episode was by David Cho, who plays Isaac. Oh, very He's nice. He's an artist too. I was really very nice by that. Amy's little friend, Naomi, who has a lot of spare time on her hands, had a hunch that Amy was involved in the road rage incident that made its way to these internets. She does some research, confronts Amy about it, thinking she was also having an affair with Danny and threatened to fuck up her business deal with Jordan because that was her sister-in-law. Mindy would never. How'd you feel about Naomi? She was displaying some Karen behavior. She absolutely is a Karen. (laughs) She absolutely is a Karen. And I also felt like there was a level of jealousy of the attention that Jordan was giving Amy. And it was her in some ways scrambling to maintain her position she just needed something to do she needed a purpose and she was gonna find it however she could find it that interaction though between her and amy was so cold like oh i know you're so busy being at home and she's like i have my volunteer work (laughs) it's just like but i just was like uh again it proved to me that amy was definitely not a nice person. I did think it was very, uh, it wasn't kind when she was dismissive of her with the phone call and when she was talking about needing help on the list she was going to be placed on and all of that. But to me, again, Naomi took it to this extreme with getting all up in her business. And then you yes. talk about, you're going to mess up my business deal. Now you mess with my livelihood. Yep. About, that's about 10 steps too far, in my opinion. So Naomi was on my shit list after this little incident. 
Yeah, sis from Emily and Paris would never. She's down for the cause. She's definitely down for the cause. Amy offered 25K to Danny to take the rap for the accident to cover her tracks. But George's mom, Fumi, takes the fall for her instead. Again, Team Amy. Do you think, since I we had talked about this just a minute ago, at this point, did you think that Fumi was covering for Amy just for money? And what did you think about her philosophy on creating the truth you want to inhabit? Well, I agree with creating the truth you want to inhabit to an extent, right? Um, I feel like when you create a truth, especially in the positive light, there's room for gratitude and not despair, right? Because at this point, Amy was not living her best life <laughs> at, at all. all, at all, at all. Um, you know, some would also say it sounds like a true artist BS as well, because it's like, oh, one moment we had a bunch of money and then we didn't. And it's like, well, some people can't live like that. You know what I mean? And I think it's worth respecting how Amy felt in the moment when it comes to money. In terms of taking the fall, I think, I do think in some ways she was trying to alleviate the pressure that Amy was feeling, but I wasn't really clear on to what extent, you know what I mean? Again, I didn't view her as team Amy, but I also was under the impression that she wanted to support her so she can get this deal closed so everybody would be comfortable. I think this conversation gave me a little bit more meat than just money when she mentioned that uh, Amy had said that George was an anchor for her. And she was like, you may be an anchor for my son, yes. but if it wasn't for you, he would be at the bottom of the ocean or something yes. along those lines. And I was like, okay, so there is a little sometimes. more, <laughs> yeah, there is a little more meat to probably your thought process and wanting to keep this family together and think it's in the best interest of your son and all of that. Um, but the philosophy the mom had, when I heard that whole spiel, I was like, oh, you remind me of Trump. Like that whole spiel about there's no such thing as like, truth and all this and that i was like okay <laughs> like it must be something to be able to live in delusion and live it fully and i guess i'm just not that person i think there's something great about having agency over yourself to your point and like your life and being optimistic and trying to look on the bright side of things and all of that but that wasn't what i got from what she said her and her husband were in financial straits and they just chose to absolutely ignore it yeah. Right. That's not helpful because guess what? Now your son is going to take on that debt. Now yep. your son and son and his wife have to help you yep. because you financially don't have anything in your older age to rely on. So that didn't work for me. That didn't work for me. So Danny calls the neighborhood tip line and blames his cousin Isaac for the road rage incident, sends that mofo back to jail. Diabolical. Did you feel for Isaac? No. <laughs> At this rate, what's that saying? Honor among thieves, which There's means no nothing. honor. There's exactly. no honor among thieves. Exactly. I think this was the point I realized like, oh, Danny, you are trash. There's levels to this at this point, right? Like he's, he's not just 
oh, I made a mistake or, oh, this or that. Even with him taking money from Isaac, I'm like, sir, do you know what this means? Like, do you understand the implications of working with this guy? Because again, Isaac is that typical bad guy that's like, oh yeah, fun, chummy, what have you. No, don't trust it because, you know, you don't want to have to owe someone like him, right? And it was so many little things, not even little. Oh, I'll give you the 20K. Just give me the title to your truck. Yep. Oh, it's okay. You can close this business. Just put the new one under my name. Like it was all of these things. I'm like, this is never in your best interest. This is always in his best interest, right? Yep. But I think the moment that Danny decided to fuck Isaac over was when he smacked him. Yep. When he hit him in the face, I think Danny was like, oh, that's a wrap. (laughs) Absolutely. We, we, it's me against you at this point. So we jump eight months ahead in episode seven. And on the surface, Danny and Amy seem to be doing better. Danny is now leading, leading praise team at church, dating the girl Isaac had liked Esther, built the house for his parents and Mm. business even though it's illegal activities, is going well. Amy's deal has closed. She and the fam are enjoying a vacay home and a full-time nanny. Mm-hmm. But again, surface. George admits to having had an emotional entanglement with Mia. Why didn't Amy admit her affair with Paul too? Even to their therapist. This was the perfect opportunity. Why did she lie? Not lie. Why did she omit the truth? Amy is not a good person. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's more complicated than that. I feel like, again, she thinks George is Unconditional love. Yeah, but she thinks George is just this better person than her. He's not. I mean, he is because he wouldn't do some of the BS that she does, but he's not just a superior human being to the extent the pedestal I think she holds him on. She, it it wasn't surprising. It's definitely in her wheelhouse to keep her fair Paul to herself. If you can't even unload to the therapist. How many people lie to their therapist every day? It's a lot. I definitely (laughs) held things back from my therapist and then later I've said like I was not a hundred percent truthful with you about x y or z so yes I've I've been there but not to the extent of, of this particular situation thankfully did Danny have any real right to be upset or have the moral high ground when he found out Amy had been with his brother as Kayla while pretending still to be Zane And the way he broke the news to his brother, awful, awful. Two wrongs don't make a right. I just feel like his reaction to Paul was in some ways him pulling rank, you know what I mean? Having something to put over his head, you know what I mean? I think that's where the the reaction lies, but he's just as guilty. I realized, like, I was like, yo, I can't stand Danny. Like, I can't stand him Surprisingly, now. that was not the straw that broke the camel's back for me when it came to Danny. Oh, it's, it's definitely not the straw. But at this point, <laughs> I was like, yo, I can't stand you. 
because he the only reason why he even broke the news of Paul the way he did was it was a distraction because Paul was realizing and looking at the books and realizing some stuff was going on that he hadn't been told yep so you're just trying to distract him from your shit Naomi left her husband for his sister Jordan did you see that coming I did not I don't even know what Naomi's husband really looked like because he was barely in the <laughs> but you know unfortunately when billions are on the line it's probably not that surprising that <laughs> jump ship when the opportunity oh I can't believe I'm about to quote him but when Chris Rock has that joke about like yeah men cheat based off of you know what's available to them right so when you're not really wealthy or whatever you're your pickings are low but as soon as you get some notoriety money that's when you know somebody really loves you <laughs> whether or not they gonna cheat so i say that in terms of naomi comes off absolutely as an opportunist because mm. it's the family's business yes yes and clearly jordan seems to be the one holding the purse strings or and the power CEO or whatever the position she is in yep ish goes left when paul shows up at amy's house tells george that he slept with amy all caught on video camera the stress in this episode or at the <laughs> end of this episode the fact that amy had woke up happy like that was probably one of the few times in this series she actually seemed happy. Yep. Yep. And that shit came crashing down. Did you suspect Amy of burning down the house Danny built for his parents at the end of this episode? Was that where your thoughts went? Again, talking to percentage, I was I was 50-50. I I felt like if she really wanted to, she would but I don't, I don't think she would have, I don't, I don't think arson was in her wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, I definitely mind thought you, she did it. I definitely thought she did. Mind you, Paul completely imploded her personal life, right? Yes. But that was just way too quick. But then, I mean, that's what rage is for, or a crime of passion is usually, right? And happens quickly. <laughs> Yeah, I, she was suspect number one for me. I was like, oh, yeah, she did that shit. I was hella confused at the start of episode eight, though, when we see Amy with Obama speaking in the background. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> meeting up with a stranger for sex she met on Yahoo Chess. Oh, my gosh. And then the the face in the mirror. I'm like, what are, what are we doing now? What is this? This episode is all illuminating with flashbacks of their childhood. So we have flashbacks of both Amy and Danny's childhood to, I guess, better understand their characters, really. Amy busted her father cheating when she was in high school. Danny was bullied in school. Uh, The most impactful flashback for me and the moment that I said, throw Danny's ass in the trash was when we realized that he threw away Paul's college app locations that part there is no coming back for me for danny from that 
Yep. I just need a moment. <laughs> it still just infuriates Truly. me. Truly. Infuriates me that he would have done something like that. Amy tells George the truth in this episode about Paul and Danny and everything that's gone on. And he asks for a divorce. She also goes to visit her parents who she hasn't seen in two years. So we get to see that dynamic between her family and why it seems like she represses her feelings and never got a chance to talk about the infidelity that was going on between her parents. Didn't think that they ever actually wanted her because of a conversation they over she overheard from them when she was a kid. It was a lot to unpack. It was a lot. But I will say this. With Danny throwing away Paul's applications, looking back at where we started him feeling heavy and overworked and trying to do everything for his family. That was all selfish. Like all, all of his, it really just, you know, again, illuminated his actions in a way that's like, Oh, you're selfish. And you, you claim that this is for your family, but ultimately it's for your ego. And this is karma, bitch. (laughs) You all of his applications. He could have had a full ride. He could have been able to do something in business that would have been able to finance your freaking contract work. But no. It just gave you a whole new perspective on Paul's character because you the way it was portrayed when you're seeing Paul is that he's just like lazy. Yeah. He's like a, a man child. Yep. He had been trying to do for himself. He had tried to go to college. He Even his Bitcoin situation, he was the one who was thriving and knew what he was doing on Bitcoin and with yep. crypto. Yep. And his brother sabotages it. Why? Just to keep him close, just to keep him under his thumb, just because he's the big brother and he wants his little brother to be right there with him in his miserable life. It was then, so upsetting for me. Uh, it was, I was done completely done with Danny at that point Um, and in terms of George this is where I also knew George was full of sugar honey iced tea because it's like oh gratitude journals and let's go to therapy and she finally finally shows you who she is and what's the first thing you do you ask for a divorce I think that him running away with Junie to a hotel after Paul showed up upset me more than him asking for a divorce because what you're not going to do is take my child. Mm. We may have an issue and a situation, but what you're not going to do is disappear with my child. Okay. Asking for the divorce, especially after finding out everything and realizing that it was the result of all these shenanigans that put your mother's life in danger, put your child's life in danger, all that, that, I, that made sense to me. I was like, yo, it may be a little knee jerk at this moment to ask for a divorce, but like, I probably would ask for a divorce in this moment too. Like you lost your goddamn mind. Yeah. But you're not going to take my child. <laughs> that part. I agree. I was wrong about the fire. Because it wasn't Amy, it was Danny who caused the fire. Faulty wiring. Literally, the guy who investigated said it had you had to be a fucking idiot. Whoever put yep. this wiring in was a fucking idiot. 
but does he what take accountability he none none of Piss course not off. delora not at this point we know better he flat out lies to paul says it was amy even goes to the house to play plant fake evidence why Again. we have the report why did George let him in the house after he knew everything? I was expecting him to actually show his ovaries and say, no, don't come into my house, especially go into my bathroom. Be like, bro, like, I know who you are. Don't come over here again before I kill you. But he thinks he, he, thinks he got him. He lets him in, lets him in the bathroom, pulls out the gun on him. Too bad he's strong. Or Danny strong arms him and knocks him out. And then he accidentally kidnaps June. Episode nine, Isaac gets released thanks to a call from some lady. <laughs> and he is out to fuck Danny all the way up for setting him up to go back to jail. So that some lady is Amy because she's deciding to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth to everyone, including Jordan. But she throws Jordan's ass under the bus so quick for that 500K ransom for her daughter, gives them the address. All Isaac's brilliant idea. This was horrifying to have to witness. Absolutely. Jordan's death in particular was brutal, cut in half. You know, when by her panic room door. When it happened, I was like, yeah, this this show is going down this path, but I wasn't even expecting it. Like to think she in installed this panic room off of that road rage video. So it all boils back. Bro, it Crazy. was so insane. It was so insane. Do you think that Naomi killed her on purpose? Because she told her, don't hit it yet. Don't hit the button yet. I think Naomi, I was going to say she's stupid, but it's more than that. Um, she ain't <laughs> like, stupid. She's she not stupid. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I, I think she did it on purpose. I just don't think she knew how bad what she did was going, how bad it was going to go. Because... You could tell that her and Jordan's okay. relationship wasn't going well. It wasn't. I guess in some ways I did think that Naomi did it like I would rather save myself mm -hmm. and just have you handle them. But I don't think she expected Jordan to be cut in half. Brutal. Yeah. Amy and Danny survive, but end up in a car chase. And both go over the edge of a cliff. R.I.P. to that G-Wagon. That G-Wagon was beautiful. <laughs> how dare you? Very symbolic of how the effect of this incident has been on their lives, essentially. Were you hopeful that Paul had survived escaping from Jordan's house? Yes. I was worried. Like, I was legit worried. I was like, if y'all did all this and then Paul died, Danny, you might as well not show your face on the screen for the rest of the series. Because <laughs> we are done, 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 done. Done, yep. done. You stole his life and then he dies. That's what I was thinking. You stole his life and then he dies. Right. 
where's the justice? The grand finale. Basically, episode 10 is a psychedelic trip for Amy and Danny in the woods because they're trying to survive the crashes and injuries and get back to civilization. And then they accidentally take some poisonous berries and have a a bonding moment over shared vomit-induced hallucinations, I guess, and dehydration. Just when it seems like they've made it out, George finds them and shoots Danny. We end the season with Danny in the hospital unconscious and Amy gets in bed with him. He moves his arm just in the clothes to signal that he's alive. What did you take from this finale episode and this final scene? Do you think this is a signal that Amy and Danny are going to be together? I do think they're going to be together. I actually thought she was going to have an affair with him from the beginning, frankly. Like, you know, I've been reading a lot of these rom-coms. Enemies to lovers is a very big thing. You know what I mean? And I actually enjoy that trope. Not in this setting, though, because it's too much. (laughs) This is way too much. But it is not surprising if, in fact, they are together because they are more similar than alike. But again, so many awful things happened in the meantime. George, again, you know, the thing about George that I realize is even though he comes off as, you know, happy-go-lucky. At the end of the day, he's a poor listener. And I feel like part of why Amy probably kept everything to herself, besides that being a coping mechanism from her childhood, is she isn't with anyone who she can really talk to. Like, every time that she tried to have a conversation with him, he is unavailable or doesn't, frankly, have the depth of empathy to even try to relate to how she's feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so the fact that she, he didn't even take the time to hear what she had to say and to shoot Danny. But on the other hand, you're looking at a man who has terrorized your home and your wife and kidnapped your kid. So, you know, it is impulsive to shoot first and ask questions later, I guess. The kidnapping the kid was enough. Say Absolutely. less. Right there. <laughs> exactly. No sight. Exactly. <laughs> the sweet baby. The sweet baby. And she over here, he was like, don't be scared, June. I'm not. This is fun. You know I what mean, I'm saying? She out here living her best life. Best life. Her and her dog. Her and her damn dog. That Amber Alert scene, by the way, <laughs> freaking hilarious. <laughs> so goofy i do think it's a signal as well they're going to get together i don't know if that's for the best because we've talked about this in previous projects does should trauma plus trauma get together is that going to be the best case scenario or should they both just now that they've realized who they are and the barriers they have in this shared depression or you know, issues that they share. They can be friends with each other. They can lean on each other, but they should really seek more therapy or more counseling to move through them. Because I saw some people posting and saying, oh, I don't think they're going to be together. I just think, I think Amy's going to go back and be with George, but I think, you know, they'll always be able to lean on each other and this, this, and that. But the creator says he has two more seasons in him for beef. 
So if it gets greenlit, then I guess we're going to get a chance to see it. I don't want it. (laughs) I do. I'm just curious. If he says there's two more seasons, what is like, how are you going to keep up this level of high intensity and to keep it the same type of show? Because this show, season one, is definitely Emmy bait. 1000% Emmy, SAG, and Golden Globes. I think it's on that level that Allie and Steve are going to get that recognition. Can we talk about how her voice freaked me out for like the first three episodes? I was like, I didn't think her voice can go that deep. I didn't think that was, and don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure when she's in comedian mode, that's a persona. But I was like, is is she serious? This is, she's speaking like this. Got it. So she was like Michael Jackson for you with the singing voice versus the talking voice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so let's get to this Shade Room post about who the real villain of the series is. Shade Room had Amy, Danny, Paul, or Isaac, but I'm gonna throw George on there. So George who's the, who's the real there. villain? Who's the real villain of the series for you? This is a very difficult question because I like to say all of the above, Alex, for 2000. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But if I had to pick a villain, I would probably pick Danny. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Like I said, to me, Danny started everything. And over the course of the series, trash, 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 trash. (laughs) The only good thing he did was when he finally told Paul the truth and told Paul, you got to get away from me. Like, yes. And then you Paul do. potentially got shot. So I don't know how that feels. That I mean, yeah, clear Danny's conscience. Girl. But Paul don't get a chance to live his life. By the way, Literally. guys, Paul did survive. Um, he yes. did respond via text. Thankfully. I was sick to my stomach, though. I was so, ugh, it was awful. Like I said, if he had stole his brother's life from him and then Paul died, I was be- there's just no justice. I would have been so upset. So I'm definitely glad that Paul survived, even though he needs to apologize to Amy about calling her a bitch but um he he didn't deserve to die and i hope he goes on goes to school does his thing gets his business degree is hella successful because he deserves to live his best life absolutely any other final thoughts as we conclude this first season of beef besides the fact that you don't want any more seasons you want this to be a limited series again it's not that it's not good or anything like that i just don't i have no clue where this show can go and that's probably why you know the show is in the hands of its creator sunny (laughs) 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 but super impressed with the performances ali and steven wow 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 i appreciate the moments of humor that we did get throughout the the season because it was so intense i Mm -hmm. feel like it was necessary even as a viewer to like have those reprieves (laughs) to be able to make it through i laughed out loud many times then again i have a dark sense of humor so (laughs) oh absolutely same same i appreciate i appreciate it you know a24 is really doing it big they are these projects like i am just absolutely impressed with the originality of this concept it's is not something that seemed recycled or you know what no. i mean it came from the creator's own road rage experience that he had and he just took it to an extreme and and this is what you know 
we we love to see it instead of another sequel or a remake this is new it's interesting and it's worth talking about so great recap ashley thank you for picking this and and doing this particular project because man oh final things too i would like to say the reason why this project is so relevant is because as a society i really do think it speaks to the loneliness or the inner rage that we feel because our world changed so much after the pandemic, right? And we're mm-hmm. still trying to find our footing. And there are a lot of big feelings that we're still trying to process that we didn't have time to because we were trying to stay alive, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and it feels like I we're think- in a perpetual state of grief now because there's always something crazy, sad, infuriating going on every day. So. Exactly. And even though we are more connected than ever, we are still battling our own emotions and feelings individually and so yeah beef it's what's for dinner beef baby well i appreciate you for sticking with me through this one it was a hell of a ride the last thing i wanted to mention i gotta go back to is the music so speaking of those moments of levity again the music was very (laughs) uh much an important piece of this series and the creator talked about the fact that a lot of songs were chosen even during the script writing process. Um, He mentioned in this article I'm reading from the Los Angeles Times, adolescence and high school and college are the years. I think a lot of these things were most pronounced for me. And so tapping into the sounds of this era made sense. So it was a Y2K soundtrack. And he said he began pitching it. O-Town. Yeah, he said he began pitching it about four years ago. So the Old Town song in particular, Liquid Dreams, is the one that I wanted to highlight because anybody who remembers Old Town created from making the band back in the day. And this song was so funny playing after what we just witnessed between Amy and Danny because it was so crazy intention and then you hear this ridiculous freaking pop song but what made it even funnier is once I read this and the creator actually auditioned for O-Town and made (gasps) it through the first round of auditions what he said he still has a letter from Lou freaking Perlman thanking him for auditioning so that's what (laughs) when I read that I was like talk about deep cuts yes 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 so this was a particularly personal project and song oh my gosh (laughs) hilarious for sure so I just wanted to give y'all that little bit of a a gem and speaking of gems Delora let's move on to our hidden gems what you got for the people this week all right Ashley I have one hidden gem this week it is an original Disney plus movie it's called the prom pact Basically, it follows two best friends, a young man and young woman, and they have been high school outsiders and it's their senior year and they're finally trying to tap into the social life of uh, high school. And it's it's everything we love when it comes to a good teen movie. (laughs) The nerdy girl who wants to go to Harvard and then she tutors the popular basketball player and do they like each other do they not you know i i watched this movie this weekend and i literally laughed out loud several times the other thing that's also worth mentioning is that 
their promposals because the theme of the prom is 80s themes. So all the promposals were a nod to popular movies in the 80s. So Ghostbusters, Back to the Future. And uh, I told my husband about the movie. He was like, so it was a team movie made for 30-year-olds. I'm like, yeah, probably 30, 40-year-olds. Like, it's our nostalgia type of deal. <laughs> Teens don't even watch movies like that these days, so. No, so it's like, who who would really get these references other than the adults watching it with the young kids, right? So, yeah, we're definitely at that age now. A lot of fun, super cute, available on Disney Plus, rated PG-13, which is pretty high for a Disney Plus show, by the way, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. How about All you, right. Ashley? All righty. I have two. My first one is Tiny Beautiful Things on Hulu. I love a Katherine Hahn vehicle. This is no <laughs> different. This series is adapted from a book by Cheryl Strayed, who is yes. probably most popular for Wild which was adapted, uh, starring Reese Witherspoon. Mm -hmm. This series is about a woman who takes on an anonymous advice column called Sugar, while her own personal life is falling apart. Reese Witherspoon is an executive producer on this. As we said, Reese is busy, busy on the career side of things. Um, and this is eight episodes. I think it was half hours, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, I mean, I love Catherine Hahn. So I give this one a thumbs up for checking out and my second is pretty baby mm. also on hulu documentary about the yes. one and only brooke shields brooke shields two yes, parts yes, yes so many revelations in this documentary i had not realized like i am very aware of brooke shields but how popular she was yes. in the 80s because i'm a late 80s baby i just couldn't yeah. even fathom right like exactly exactly like you knew she was a big deal but like she was the she fact that she was that hanging girl. out with Michael Jackson should give us an idea of how popular she was. Front row at the Grammys. Yes. yes. She yes. was that girl. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 very interesting to see it through her lens now as an adult and looking back on the exploitation, right? And the over-sexualization yes. as a child. And she even talks about a sexual assault that she unfortunately went through. Oh it's, just, my. it's just a lot um, packed into these two parts. And if you're a, a Brooke Shields fan or you just yep. are curious to hear more about someone who has been successful for this long in the entertainment industry and as an actress and model and all of that definitely check this out even her marriage um i didn't know that much about to andre agassi yes, so tennis yeah so yeah. you know it was just it was just very revealing and she did an interview recently with drew barrymore that was so, which was everything yeah it was so like intimate and lovely yes. and but they are like the only two within reason people on the planet that understood yes that era being that child era. stars yes and I, having the type of mothers that they had as well i think that's one of the reasons why drew barrymore has found more success with her talk show than i think yes. a lot of people thought she would because she relates to celebrities i called it i called it in a much more intimate <laughs> way than people probably thought originally yes so yeah, yeah, definitely check out that interview as well, guys. But that that's it. That's it for my hidden gems. And uh, yeah, that's it for the episode today, guys. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you watch Beef. If you have yes. it, I'm telling y'all, it is worth the time. It is worth the watch. Yes. Hell of a ride. Absolutely. Human beings, we have our flaws, man. We have our flaws. 
but great original content to your point, Delora. So guys, we'll see you next time. We appreciate you. Be blessed. Bye.